have so many opportunities for you to uh, serve God by serving people, and kids is a great opportunity to do that, pouring into uh, really the next generation, building a foundation in them uh, that will last a lifetime, really. And so uh, we're so grateful for those of you that already serve in that ministry, and maybe you're here today and and uh, you want to jump on board, we would be happy to have you jump on board and be a part of pouring into these kids' lives. Uh, we believe in it as a church, believe it's important, and I want to welcome those of you that are watching online right now. We are excited that you're with us, and you'll have to bear with me today. My voice is starting to come back, but this week has been, uh, I don't know if it's the weather change, if it's just that season. Come on, somebody. And uh, so I can hit all the bass notes today with my voice. There's not going to be a whole lot of high-pitched anything. And so uh, bear with me today. But we are beginning a new series that we're calling Joyful, Joyful. And uh, as we enter into the holiday season, come on, can you believe it's already the holiday season? We are, uh, we're about a week and a half away from Thanksgiving and five and a half weeks away from Christmas. And some of y'all just got nervous when I said that because it seems so close uh, it's just sneaking up on us, but uh, we're going to be, during this this holiday season leading up to uh, a couple weeks before Christmas, we're going to be talking about and diving into this idea of being full of joy, full of joy. Come on, for uh, <laughs> for for some of us, this time of year brings thankfulness and joy, but my guess would be that there are many of us who feel like our joy has been robbed and I want to try to help us regain some joy in our lives as we kind of enter into this holiday season. And so what we're going to do over the next four weeks is really study uh, into the book of Philippians. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Philippians. Uh, great book of the Bible. And we're going to pull some truth out that I believe we can apply to our lives uh, so that we can have this and experience this life of generosity and contentment. And that's really just full of joy full of joy. And so we're going to pull some things out today uh, that I believe are going to help us. And as we as we kick off this series, I want to talk to you on this subject. If you're taking notes or if you're on the Bible app, the notes are on there. The title of the message today is simply this, Finding Joy. Finding Joy. Come on, look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Tell him you need to find some joy. <laughs> you look a little upset today. You look a little frustrated today. You need to find some joy. You need some joy in your life. And I mentioned this idea that there might be some of us, uh, if we were to go around the room today, that feel like our joy has been robbed. And maybe it's, uh, for you, it's been constant struggles for you. It seems like uh, maybe things just keep happening. It's one thing after the other. And you went into this year, you went into this season, or you went into to this month or whatever it was, and it seems like it's been one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And there's something that is stealing your joy. And maybe you're holding on to an offense or a hurt. Uh, from the past, maybe your your family dynamic is not what you want it to be, and maybe uh, even this time of year brings back maybe some not so good memories for you, maybe some hurtful memories or or things that you've been through in the past. I don't know what it is, but as we go into this season, I want to help us try to figure out and find joy again. I think there are some of us that need to find joy again in our lives. We're we're walking around, and 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 we're first thing you need to know is that joy is not an emotion. Come on, somebody. Happiness might be an emotion. Uh, you might can make yourself smile and you can be walking around with a smile on your face, but not have joy in the Lord. And so I want to try to help us in this area to where we can have true joy in our lives. And 
uh, we're going to jump in today at the beginning of Philippians, and I'm believing that as we talk about how we can be full of joy, that God is going to renew what needs to be renewed and change what needs to be changed so that we can experience joy again. And I want to give you just a little bit of context before we jump into several verses today that I want to read together. Uh, Paul is writing this letter to uh, the church in Philippi, and he's writing this from prison. And so it's important for you to know that what most of us would consider, and if you have a Bible that, that, you know, at the beginning of every book of the Bible, maybe it tells you a little background about what was going on, and you've read that before, uh, you would know that most people consider this to be the book of joy. And it's interesting to me that the book that we would consider the, one of the, that, that is steering us toward joy was written in a circumstance that many of us would not find joyful. And so Paul is in the middle of something that many of us, we would quit, we would give up, we would be like, you know, God, where are you right now? I've been trying to read my Bible, I've been trying to serve you, I've been trying to do all these things, and I don't know where you are, and I'm in this place, and I don't know when you're going to show up. And instead of that, Paul has a different perspective. And so the book, the four chapters that we read, and it's, it's all about this idea of joy and being full of joy, is written in a place and a situation that many of us would not consider joyful. And some of you are in a place today that you don't consider joyful. But I'm here to remind you, before we jump into what Paul says and we jump into some points and all of this, that joy is not an emotion. <laughs> joy is a choice. Joy is something that, that, that you find or something that, that the Lord, I believe, wants to give you or renew in you or, or, or rearrange in your life. And so uh, I want us to jump in today. This is Philippians starting in chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 1 and read uh, 26 verses. Is it okay if we read the Bible at church today? 26 verses. This is what it says. It says, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share, me, you share with me the, the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. Isn't it interesting that Paul rever, refers to his imprisonment as the special favor of God? Some of, you, some of us are like, God, you ain't in this at all. And Paul's like, I'm in prison, and this is the special favor of God, and I'm glad that you have joined with me in the special favor of God, including me being in prison. <laughs> God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. 
And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers have, here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish, selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message of Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I, am fully ex for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can be more fruitful. I can do more fruitful work for Christ, so I, it really, so I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. So I want to give you three things today, three points, and these are going to be three places where I believe we can find joy based on what Paul said in these verses that we just read. Paul's in prison, and I think there are three areas that we might find joy that we don't always look in. <laughs> three areas that a lot of us would write off as God must not be in that. I must have missed my opportunity. I must have missed my window. I must have missed what God is doing because this is difficult. This is hard. This doesn't look right. And I think that it's in those areas and in those moments that we can actually find joy like what Paul did. And so here's point number one if you're taking notes. Joy is found in what God is doing. Joy is found in what God is doing. Philippians 1.6, we just read it. He says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you. What kind of work is it within you? It's a good work within you. We'll continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Paul is invested in the idea that God would continue the work of salvation in them. See, there's a, we've talked about this before, but there is salvation and then there is sanctification. And you don't, you, <laughs> how many of you know that when you get saved, all of your problems and all of your habits and all of your wrong desires don't just whoosh, there's now a process called sanctification that God is trying to take you through. And joy can be found in what God is trying to do in you. And some of us are writing it off because we thought that when we got saved, that desire would go away, that we wouldn't mess with that anymore, that we would just be, you know, just you know, all glory to God and everything is great. And that's the best high-pitched thing I've got today with my voice. But that everything would just work out. And there's a process 
that God is trying to take you through. And it's called sanctification. Can I tell you today that God is working things out in you and you need to learn how to find joy in the things that God is working out in you? There's joy in the things that God is working out in you that you don't necessarily like. And we're writing things off instead of looking at it from the perspective like what Paul had that, hey, this is happening to me for a reason. God is working some things out. Some of us are praying for a situation to end and God is trying to work out patience in you. Some of you are ready to quit on your calling and God is trying to work out perseverance in you. Some of you feel like God can't be in what you're feeling inside and God is trying to work out priorities in you. Whoo, I'm already preaching good today and you know it. There are some things that you're trying to pray out of your life that God is saying, I'm trying to use that thing to work something out in you. And if you would get a different perspective and you would see that, hey, there is joy in what God is doing in me, even though it's something that I don't necessarily like, it would change everything. It would change everything. I found this movie clip that I want to show you in just a moment. And for those of us that have kids, we'll know this movie. For those of you that don't have kids, you're going to be like, why are we watching this minute-long clip from this movie? But this is a movie called Inside Out. Anybody ever seen Inside Out? And there's a, there's a situation and a scenario that's about 59 seconds long. And I want us to check this out. And then we're going to talk about this for a few moments. And then I've got two more things to tell you. So just watch this clip for just one, one minute here. Uh, sorry. Hold on. Hello? Stall for me. I'll be right there. The investor's supposed to show up on Thursday, not today. Oh, I gotta go. It's okay. We get it. You're the best. Thanks, honey. See you, sweetie. Dad just left us. Oh, who doesn't love us anymore? That's sad. I, I should drive, right? Joan, what are you doing? Uh, just uh, give me one second. Um, you know what I've realized? Riley hasn't had lunch. Remember? Hey, I saw a pizza place down the street. Maybe we could try that. Pizza sounds delicious. Pizza? pizza. Yes, pizza. Right on, what the heck is that? Who puts broccoli on pizza? That's it. I'm done. Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. First the Hawaiians, and now you. This, <laughs> this is how some of us feel. <laughs> there's joy in our head, and there's sadness in our head. And there's anger in our head. And they're all competing. And dad walks out the door because something comes up at work. And we're like, oh, he doesn't love us anymore. That's so sad. And then Joy steps in. Oh, we know we do. We need to change the situation. We need to change the circuit. We need to, we need to, 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 to block it out with something else. And so let's put this up there. And then when they get there, then anger steps in. Well, that ain't what I thought it was going to be at all. And now I'm mad. And some of us. <laughs> are trying to figure out a way to get out of what you're in. And you're trying to cover it up with a different emotion or a different feeling or a different different thing or a different different job, different relationship. And God says, will you just let me work out in you what I'm trying to work out in you and find joy in the fact that I love you enough that I'm trying to work out that thing in you that needs to be worked out? And find joy in what God is doing. 
We feel so often that if we could change our circumstances, it would resolve our sadness, it would resolve our bitterness, it would resolve our lack of joy in life. And God doesn't desire for your circumstance to be changed right now. He wants to do something in you that can only be accomplished through the circumstance that you're in. Philippians 1 and verse 11 that we read just a moment ago says, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. I need to encourage someone today that Jesus is trying to produce righteous character in you. He's trying to do something in you that can only be done in what you're going through. And we need to, we need to be... Uh, we need to, to, to make sure that we're praying, God, if this is your will for me to be walking through this right now, what are you trying to work out in me so that I can pass this test? Come on, somebody. How many of you know that the test you don't pass, you take again? <laughs> and some of us, we're walking through the same thing, and we're like, when is God ever going to deliver me? <laughs> when is God ever going to? And God says, when you pass this test, when you let me work that out in you, then we can go to the next place. But we've got to find joy in what God is doing. I was thinking, I heard someone mention this, and I was thinking about it this last week, about a rubber band. A rubber band can only fulfill its purpose when it's stretched. <laughs> Some of us don't like the stretching. And can I tell you today that the stretching is what allows it to hold more and have more capacity. If you don't allow God to do in you what he needs to do in you, then you can never reach the full potential that you have in this life. Because as long as you're the rubber band that's just sitting on the counter that never gets stretched out, you're not doing anything. You're not fulfilling what you were made to do. But the moment that you allow God to start stretching you, now you can fit, now you can fit, come on somebody, now you can fit a newspaper in there. <laughs> Now you can fit. Now you can fit. Uh, you can fit this thing around a basketball because it's been stretched out, and now there's more capacity, and it can hold more when you stretch it out. And some of you, God is trying to stretch you a little bit in your faith and in what you believe, and in what you're walking through, so that you'll have more capacity for what He has for you. And here's where you can find joy today: it's that what God begins, God completes. What God begins, God completes. And I think there are some of us that need to just declare on the inside today that I may not know everything that God is doing, but I know that he's making me more like him. And there's joy that comes from allowing God to work things out in you. Here's point number two. The second place I think joy is found. Joy is found in love. It's found in what God is doing, and it's found in love. Philippians 1, verses 8 through 10 Paul said, God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you will live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Paul's feeling of love for this church that he was writing to was rooted in his love for them. It is rooted in everything that he is writing is rooted in the fact that he has love for them. And because he has love for them, he is finding joy in the place that he is in. Because he is able to do what he is doing in the moment and write a letter to another church that he can be an encouragement to. And it's rooted in the fact that I, I can find joy in this because I love them. 
I can find joy in this because I love God. I can find joy in this because I know that God is always good. I can find joy in this because of love. I believe that you can experience true love in your life when you learn to love others well. No matter what ethnicity, I love you. No matter what gender, I love you. No matter what social standing, I love you. No matter how mature or immature you are in Jesus, I love you. And maybe you're asking the question, well, why does this produce joy in my life? Can I tell you today? It's because I was created in the image of a God who is love. So why would love produce joy in my life? Because you are created in the image of a God who says, I am love. So wouldn't it make sense that when we love ourselves and we love others well, we're loving the people around us, we're loving God, wouldn't it make sense that that would produce something that God wants it to produce in our life when he says, Whoo, you're living out of the place of who I am because I am love. I am love. I think we're to love each other with the same affection that Jesus has for us. John 13, 34. Jesus says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Another verse says that, that people will know that you are a disciple of Jesus by the way that you love one another. Not by, not by, check this out, not by you being good enough, not by you acting like a Christian, not by you walking around talking about Jesus, not, no. By the way that you love one another. Can I just tell you that there is a, there is a viewpoint of the church out there right now that is out there because we don't know how to love one another. And Jesus made it plain. He said, they're going to know that you are my follower by the way that you love one another. So can I ask you today, how well are you loving each other? How well are you loving your kids and your spouse and the people around you and the people that God has put in your life and the people that you're around that are believers on your, at your workplace? How well are you loving each other? Are we, are we loving each other well? Because God is love. And we were created to love. We were created in the image of a God who is love. When we love others in this way, then our prayers and our thoughts and our lives, I believe, will be filled with joy. Filled with joy. And here's point number three, the third place that I think joy can be found. Joy is found in the hard. Joy is found in the heart. Check this out in verses 12 through 18 of Philippians 1. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. What a perspective. <laughs> For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way, so I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. How can, I, how can you find joy in the heart when you have the right perspective? 
How can you find joy in the hard when you have the perspective that this life is not about you? Oh, dear God. How do you find joy in the hard when you realize that this isn't about me? This life is not about me. I was not created for me. It's not about my comfort. It's not about my success. It's not about my desires. For many of us, the reason we don't like the hard in our lives is because we view life as being about us. I'm going to bring the worship team back up. Paul rejoices because what some people would view as a disadvantage, he knows is really not. If we were in that situation, many of us would view this as a disadvantage. Well, I can't do anything because I am imprisoned for doing the right thing. And so, woe is me. Serving God got me here again. Oh, look at my life. Not getting what I desire. I'd rather be over there. I'd rather be in that spot. I'd rather I'd rather be somewhere else. I'd rather have a different set of circumstances. Why was Paul able to rejoice because God's purpose is still being accomplished because of the heart in his life? Believers are sharing Jesus with people <laughs> without fear. Some people are preaching with the wrong motives. And here's what Paul says. Check this out. Here's what Paul says. It doesn't matter. I love this line in verse 18. But that doesn't matter. Some people are doing it out of the right motive. Some people are doing it out of the wrong motive. Paul says, it doesn't matter. I wonder if we have any it doesn't matter Christians in the room today. (laughs) I wonder if we got any believers in the room today that would say, Even though I'm walking through something hard right now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't doesn't matter. I'm walking through something, but it doesn't matter because God's going to get the glory. I haven't been healed yet, but it doesn't matter because God's going to get the glory. I haven't gotten the new job yet, but it doesn't matter because God's going to get the glory. See, here's what my Bible says in Romans 8, 28. It says, As, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Can I tell you today that God's working things behind the scene that you don't even know is going on right now? And if you would just get the right perspective and stop making life about you, am I preaching too hard at you right now? And stop making everything about you and realize that God has a bigger plan and everything has a way of working out when you continue to serve God and believe in God and stand with God and keep 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 making it about his purpose and all things for those who love God and are called according to his purpose he causes all things to work together for the good even when Paul's in prison and then in Philippians 1 verses 21 through 25 he says for to me living means living for Christ and dying is even better what And dying is even better? (laughs) But if I live, I can do more faithful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. Here's what Paul says. I'm torn between two desires. I don't know whether it's better for me to live here and keep working for God. Or for me to just die and go be with him. 
I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. What can you possibly do to take away the joy of a person who knows that whether they live or die, they win? What can somebody possibly... What could I possibly do to a person to take away their joy when they know if I live, I just get to keep serving God in every way that, that imaginable. And if I die, I just get to go be with him. So, you know, God, whatever, whatever you want to do, I'm fine with that. If I stay here, I win. If they kill me, I win. <laughs> if I stay in prison, I win. If God keeps working this out in me, I win. If God delivers me, I win. If everything works out the way I thought it would, I win. If nothing works out the way I thought it would, I win. Because God gets the glory. (laughs) In whatever he wants to do in my life, God gets the glory. What can you do to a person? If I die, I win because I get to be with the Lord. If I live, I win because I get to keep fulfilling what God wants me to do. If I'm in the heart, I win because God still gets the glory. Where you stand today, I want to ask you, what could your life look like if you were full of joy? If you were full of joy. And here's the, here's the kicker. Not full of joy because that God brought you out, just miraculously brought you out of something. He can do that if that's his will. But maybe, just maybe, God's wanting to use what you're walking through to make you more like Jesus. To build your character, as we just read, to build godly character in you that comes from Christ. That only comes from when you're walking through something and God's doing something on the inside of you. So I want to challenge you. Maybe your prayer shouldn't be, God, get me out of this place. Maybe your prayer should be, God, what do you want to do through me in this place? Because you're trying to work something out of me and you're trying to build some character in me. And you're trying to to do something in me to where when you get me to where you want me to go, I can sustain it. Because you've already worked out all the things that you needed to work out before I got there. It's a different perspective. It's a new perspective. For those of you, this is just kind of the introduction, and then we're going to jump into some more over the next few weeks. But I think that, can we say it like this? We're just looking for joy in all the wrong places. Some of y'all are looking for joy in your husband. Some of y'all are looking for joy and fulfillment in your wife. Well, when we got married, that was, you know, just fulfilled. We're just complete. No, can I tell you, you were already complete in God before you ever got married. It should be two complete people coming together. It's a hundred and a hundred, not 50-50. We're looking, we're looking for joy. And see, here's what we're, I think we say we're looking for joy. What we're really looking for is happiness. What we're really looking for is my desire to be fulfilled. I thought I would already be here by now. I thought that God would have done this. I thought that I would have had the new job. I thought that this would have already been worked out. I thought, and God's saying, listen, listen. Am I still on the throne? This is, this is God's word for somebody today. 
just is God still on the throne? Is God still bigger than all things? Is God still able to do whatever it is that you need Him to do? Whenever we, whenever we learn to find joy and we start looking for how God is producing things in our lives and, and we say, you know what? If I'm in this situation, I'm still joyful because I've got the Lord and He's going to get the glory through this situation. If I'm over here, you know what? I, I, I can love people better and that's going to produce joy in my life because I am doing what God has called me to do and what He created me to do. If, if I'm in a hard situation, I can find joy in this because guess what? Whether it's with the right motive or the wrong motive, God's Word is still being preached. Whether, it's, whether I get out of here or whether I never get out of here, God's still going to get the glory. Why? Because he's big enough to get the glory, even if he never gets you out of the situation that you're in. Is God able? Yes. Does he want to work something out in you? Probably. Probably. So God, today we thank you that you're working things out in us, that you're doing what only you can do in this place today. You're giving us new perspective today. You're giving us fresh eyes for what you're doing in our lives today. God, I pray that your will would be done in every person's life today. Lord, that we would give you permission right now. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to do what it is that you desire to do in us. And Lord, I pray as we sing this last song, that every person that needs prayer in their life for anything, Lord, that you would draw them for prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.